Coming up, I'm going to give you two signs that it is time for you to leave your job. And then the robots are coming. The robots are coming. I'm a modern-day Paul Revere. I'll tell you what's happening, how it might affect you. Let's go. Helping you win at work so you're making more money and experiencing more meaning. Freedom to live the life that you want is on the other side of every Ken Coleman show. I promise. Thrilled you're here. Okay, let's talk about two neon flashing signs that it's time to leave your job. And as you know, I'm a guy that says, make absolutely sure that you're supposed to quit. There are four questions that I teach routinely that you need to answer before you decide to quit. And I'm just going to highlight these so that you have the context related to these two signs that I believe are absolutely neon flashy signs. You got to go. The four questions are, why am I quitting? And then the second question is, well, what am I quitting to or where am I quitting? When am I quitting? How am I quitting? Now, that's a four-part construct. Why am I quitting? Where am I quitting? When am I quitting? How am I quitting? I've got to answer those questions so that I quit well. And winners quit well. They, they, they know when to quit They because they know why they're quitting. They know where to quit because they've done their homework. They're going to something. They're not running from something. And then they handle it with class. All right. That's what I teach on quitting, but I'm going to give you two signs now that you have that context that will answer that first question, why am I quitting? Here are two guaranteed reasons that you need to quit. The first is you're not challenged. Not only are you not challenged, there's not an opportunity for more challenge. In other words, you can rightfully say, because it's very obvious, and I'll explain how, that there's a lid on you. You're not challenged and you're not going to be challenged. Now that's an awful situation to be in because let's, let's just talk about the human spirit. We long for adventure. We long for adventure. In other words, meeting and overcoming challenges is the adventure. Think about it. Let's talk about our personal lives. Love. It's a great challenge, isn't it? we got to chase that one that we love. We hope they chase us. Stepping out and putting our heart out there. It's terrifying. But it's an adventure. We long to be loved. We long to love. Let's just talk about our personal life uh, in areas of hobbies and relationships. Uh, we're, we're, we're a part of a family. We want adventure we want memories we want to do fun things it's it's about the challenge the adventure whether it be sports or outdoor hobbies the human spirit longs to be free to love the human spirit longs to be free to play and now let's look at the world of work which is enormous thread of our lives we long for an adventure in our work In other words, we long to have a challenge that we have to step up to and take our talent, our skills, and apply them to this 
problem in the form of solving, serving, creating. See, that's an adventure because it is resistance that we crave. We really do. We crave the resistance that is a part of any challenge. We crave it. This is hard, but I know I can do it. I know I should do it. So now I'm engaged. This is the spirit that is within us all. So when you are in a workplace where you are bored out of your skull because what once was a challenge or you realize that you never were challenged and now you're in a place where you have essentially settled. You have settled mentally and you've settled emotionally. You've settled professionally. You just kind of never was a challenge or there is a challenge and now you're just kind of sitting there. You have settled. Like the very word settled is a powerful image, isn't it? You ever drop a penny in a fountain and watch it just kind of float down and it gets to the bottom of that fountain? It is settled. It's not moving. That's you. If you aren't challenged. So you either never had a challenge or you've conquered what you originally were challenged by and now you're bored and boredom is a top five reason why people leave companies because we as humans desire challenge so if you have accurately determined that you've gone to your leaders and you're going hey i want to do more i want to do more i want to do more and this is the conversation that's what it looks like and you're still polite you're still curious uh, as courteous, you're humble, but you're saying, hey, I want more. And you're telling the leader, I'm raising my hand. And if it keeps doing this right here, and they just say, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, we're, we're going to do that, Ken. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Yep, just just give us a little more time. And it just keeps happening. And, and for those of you that are listening, I'm just, I've got my hand, the top of one hand, just slapping up against the bottom of the other hand. And that's what it feels like. And after a while, I'm getting tired of this just doing it. It stings every time I do this because I keep going back. And now it's starting to irritate the top of my skin. And that's what's happening. It's time to leave. The second sign I'll spend less time on because it doesn't need the explanation. It's that you have no more juice for the job. No fire. Now, so I love sports. I grew up playing sports, and some of the most influential people in my life are coaches. As a matter of fact, I talked, Alex, the other day. I didn't tell you this. Called up my old coach, Benny Polk, my favorite basketball coach, my high school basketball coach. He just had his knee replaced. And so I reached out, Coach, how you doing? So I was checking on the old guy. Got his knee replaced. 68 years of age. My coach, Benny Polk, would rip us in the locker room if we came out and we were flat for a game. We didn't have the effort. And he would say, you guys got no juice, man. Where's the juice? That's how he said it, you know? Good old Virginian, transplant from Georgia. Where's the juice? You got no juice. And I hear coaches all the time on social media, in speeches, you got no juice. And, and what that means is there's no enthusiasm, there's no excitement. That is real. That should not be minimized. If you're going into work and you aren't, juiced you aren't excited you aren't enthusiastic because of the opportunities before you that day 
You can try to fake that and have a good attitude, but a good attitude is very different than juice. See, juice can't be manufactured. I can have a good attitude and put a good face on and go, you know what, I'm employed by this company and I'm going to come in and do a good show today. That's a good attitude. That's character. But you know what you can't do? You can manufacture character because that's what character is. You know what? Dave Ramsey's paying me to do this show. I don't want to do the show, but I'm going to come do the show because that's what's required of me. That's character. But you can't manufacture what I'm giving you right now because I care about this topic. And so I'm just going to tell you, if you don't have the juice, it's time to start looking. And so those are the two signs. You're not challenged, and there's not going to be any challenge, and you got no juice, no fire, no excitement for the work. Hey, guess what? It's time to move on. the people by the people for the people i'm ken coleman and i want you people to live the life that you want i want you working in your uniqueness so that you could produce greatness and here's what comes from that more money or the money that you need and more meaning in your life you're not just zombie in your way through the work week and through your life if you're enjoying this show and it's helping you and you're watching via youtube a thank you B, would you subscribe? We are growing, and uh, the algorithm likes that when you subscribe and like videos. Secondly, if you're listening via your favorite podcast app, thank you, and would you follow us and give us a five-star review? Thank you very much. That helps us grow and get this word out to more people. Uh, All right. The robots are coming. The robots are coming. The robots are coming. Well, it turns out they're here. I was trying to do my best modern-day Paul Revere. If I had a horse to ride, I would. Just as Paul Revere warned the citizens of Boston that the British Redcoats were coming, I'm telling you, the robots are coming. The media is trying to scare the crap out of you. And I am going to keep sounding the drum the note, the song of common sense, because the media is trying to scare you that your job is going away with a robot. But let me tell you, robots are going to replace a lot of jobs, but they will spin off other jobs. This is the latest example. I'm holding in my hands a story from the AP. Here's the headline. Are robot waiters the future? Some restaurants think so. I got to tell you, when I saw the headline, I thought to myself, I'd be fine with a robot waiter. That was my first pass. Wait a second, though. I'm not so sure. We're going to unpack this. And what does this mean to you? Okay, so here's where we are. Robots are coming, and they are going to fill jobs. That is where we are. So how did we get here? We got here because we have 7 million working age and working able men who are living off of somebody else and playing video games all day long. We have 4 million new jobs that were spun off post-pandemic. So let's call that 2021 is when we saw those jobs created. You could also say part of the pandemic spun off a lot of new jobs. Okay? 
So you have two main factors. You have a lot of people who retired during the pandemic. Well, we'll add that as a, let's call that a half factor. A bunch of men who can work, should be working, aren't working. And then we have a bunch of new jobs. Okay. So what that has created is a very low unemployment rate. I think the latest numbers are 3.5, 3.6 unemployment, historically low unemployment rate. And it has created this jobs gap that you hear about in the news all the time where they say we've got more jobs available than we have people unemployed. And that is true. And so let's talk about restaurants. Uh, I went to a restaurant chain uh, over the weekend with my wife and uh, uh, two kids, uh, two of our three kids. It was a real quick thing on our way to the movies. And we just jumped in real quick and we left five minutes later because we sat in the booth for five minutes and I don't want to disparage the company, but we sat in the booth for five minutes and nobody even came up to us after the uh, hostess sat us down. And uh, if you want to window into who Ken Coleman is, uh, that don't play. I'm not sitting for five minutes without somebody coming and going, hey, at least I'll be right with you, folks. Five minutes we did. And we got up and walked out. I didn't throw a fit. I didn't swear at anybody. We just got up and walked out. All right. So... This is how we got here. Can't find waiters and waitresses, so companies are going, wait a second, uh, let's hire robots. So where is here? This is fascinating. These are waist-high machines that can greet guests, lead them to their tables, deliver food and drinks, and take dirty dishes away. Now, they cannot take orders yet. Which, I, I this article says that, but I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not sure I agree because if you brought up a robot to me right now, thing comes up to me. Hello, Mr. Coleman. How are you? What would you like? And and there's a screen on its chest. I figure just like I order from a kiosk when I go to uh, the Shake Shack. Have you been to the Shake Shack recently? That's what the Shake Shack is. You walk into a fast food environment and it's all order on the screen. So why couldn't I order on the robot's screen chest? I don't know. But they say they can't do that yet. Uh, and, and the numbers, by the way, are unbelievable. Um, apparently, there's at least 10,000 of these uh, around the country being used. Uh, I'm sorry, there expect to be 10,000 of these waiter, uh, busser robots deployed by the end of this year in 44 states across this country. It's pretty fascinating. Now, uh, Dennis Reynolds, who's the dean of Hilton College of Global Hospitality Leadership, takes a really strong stance on this. He says there's no doubt in his mind that this is where the world's going. But is it all good? Because I thought about this, I thought to myself, you know what a, you know what a robot waiter is not going to do? Take a smoke break or get distracted on social media. Right? That little guy or girl... What am I saying? That little whatever, RTD2, is just going to keep swirling around the restaurant waiting for me to go, I want some more water, please. Hold the limit. All right. Um, but Craig LeClaire takes a different position. He's vice president of Forrester. Uh, it's a consulting company that studies automation. He goes, restaurants are pretty chaotic places. It's hard to insert automation in a way that's really productive. Well, let's take a guy named Lee in... Uh, Madison Heights, Michigan, who runs a restaurant called Noodle Topia. By the way, I would love to go to Noodle Topia. I could go for a bowl of noodles. All right. He basically said he couldn't hire people, couldn't find them. So he went out and bought a Bella bot for
from Poodoo Robotics. The robot was so successful, he added two more. Now one robot leads diners to their seats while another delivers bowls of steaming noodles to tables, and then the employees pile dirty dishes onto the third robot to take back to the kitchen. So now, what does this mean? For him, as a restaurant owner, he only needs three people to do the same volume of business that five or six used to handle, and listen to this, they save you money. A robot cost him $15,000. It's a fixed cost. One time. And he said a person costs him five to six thousand per month. And then say it isn't so, Alex. Uh, this article reports that one restaurant uh, attendee at Chick Fil A in Atlanta said that they had a robot working there. They're testing it, but he still counted thirteen employees in the store, and the workers told him the robot helps the servers move a little faster. So there are going to be challenges, right? Uh, uh, restaurants with outdoor patios, steps, and all that stuff, but they'll figure it out. Now, another story, and I'm going to pay this off as to what this means for you. Now, a Kuwaiti news outlet unveils the very first AI-generated anchor. It's It's just a cartoon character reading the news. But see, here's the thing. You, as a human, have a unique personality. You have a unique skill set. You have enthusiasm and juice based on what you love to do, and you care deeply about results. You can't do that with a robot. So why do I talk about these stories? Because you're going to keep getting scared that robots are going to replace you, but they'll never be able to replace a human. The bigger issue is I don't want you to be afraid of your financial future related to your work because you are unique. You control your future based on what you can uniquely provide. Skill up all the time. Be prepared to overcome fear. And that's why I'm doing my breakthrough event, by the way. I'm, I'm teaching on, in these four events, kencoleman.com slash events, I'm going to teach you how to never be afraid of your financial and professional future because you have control. I'm going to be teaching on clarity, confidence, and courage. How do those three elements make you unstoppable and allow you to break through changes like this in the marketplace? A recession where you may get laid off. I'm always going to retreat to clarity, clarity on who I am, what I'm talented at, what I love to do, what results matter to me, the vision I have for my future. And because of that, even when life throws AI and recession and layoffs and pandemics at me, I will always have a formula to go back and get clear on who I am, where I want to be and how I'm going to get there. And then I'll have the confidence to step out and the courage to stay. KenColeman.com slash events. It's called Breakthrough. Some of you need to be there. the people by the people for the people i'm a man of the people i want you people to make more money and i want you to experience more meaning in your work so that you can live a life that's truly free free to pursue your happy life uh one of the ways we do that by the way is uh through tools some are free some you got to pay for and my get clear career assessment i believe is the most groundbreaking assessment as it relates to being able to get clear that's why we call it the get clear career assessment on the type of work that you were created to do and that's where the ideas come 
And that's where the future and the clear path comes to you is by knowing how you're uniquely wired. What do you do best? That's your talents. What do you love to do? What work do you really look forward to and enjoy doing? That's passion. And then what motivates you to get out of the bed, to 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 work at a, at a hard uh, level and, and at an excellent pace and deliver great results? That's motivation. We call that mission. When you figure out what you do best, what you love to do, and what motivates you, you've got tremendous clarity and that leads to confidence. So it's called the Get Clear Career Assessment. It's only 30 bucks. You can get it at kencoleman.com slash assessment, kencoleman.com slash assessment. All right. Savannah is on the line in Sacramento, California. Savannah, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hello, Mr. Coleman. Thank you for taking my call. You bet, Savannah. What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for the proximity principle and from for from Paycheck to Purpose. They both really helped me to get clear on what I eventually want to do and what I'm passionate about. Yes. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. Um. For now, I'm a nurse, and I still need to work as a nurse, so that kind of brings me to my question. Okay. Last year, I had a goal of becoming a travel nurse, and through some circumstances, including breaking my foot, I wasn't able to do it right away, but I had been looking for about three months, not landing a contract, and after living on my emergency fund, after breaking my foot for about three months, I decided I just needed a job for now just to hold me over until maybe I could find a contract or decide what I was doing. So about two weeks after getting hired at the job I'm at right now, I got offered my dream travel nurse contract. What? And so my question for you is, do I quit working at the job I just started working at two weeks ago to accept this position, this new position? Or do Uh, I stick it out for the sake of integrity? Oh, no, 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 no. You taking your dream job offer doesn't make you a person with no integrity. So what makes you feel like taking this dream job offer and leaving just a J-O-B, something you took? By the way, what are you doing now? I'm still nursing. I'm just doing home health. Oh, okay. So what makes you feel like that you would not have integrity if you were to take this travel nursing offer? I mean, I gave them my word that I would be working for them. So for I feel, whoa, 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 for how long? Uh, I didn't actually sign a contract. It's just at will employment. So I know I'm not trying to paint you in a corner, <laughs> but if I have to, I will. You did not sign a contract for any length of time with this current nursing company. Correct. You didn't tell them in the job interview. I'm going to do this for a year. Correct. You didn't tell them anything. You just said, I need a job. I'm a trained nurse. I'm ready to work. I think I can do this job. Whatever, 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 whatever. And they said, Savannah, we think you can do the job. We want you to do the job. Here's the job. You did not say, I'm going to name my first child after the organization. You did not commit to uh, uh, you know, a seven-year contract. You did not say, I'm going to be with you guys for a very long time. You did not say, this is my dream job. I cannot wait to start. So there is no mixed messaging going on. What you're right. going to tell them is, guys, thank you for hiring me. I'm very grateful. You're not going to believe this. A year ago, 
and you tell them the story you told me. But I broke my foot, so I couldn't do it. And so I had to recalibrate. And this was a part of it. But out of nowhere, an unbelievable opportunity has come to me. It's a dream opportunity. And I am so sorry that my time here is going to be this short. I did not see this coming this quickly. But I've got to take it. And and you don't even worry about what they say or think or feel. Because you're not doing anything wrong. In fact, you're doing what's right for you, yes or no? Correct, yes. And you and I could spend 10 minutes talking about all the reasons that taking this travel nursing job is right. Could we not? Yeah, for sure. It's not wrong, but we know it's got a whole lot of right. This is something you're just going to have to deal with. This is a form of confrontation, and that's why you called me. Mm -hmm. Because, come on, Savannah, you knew the answer was going to be yes. Right? I will, I Yes, for sure. I did. I just, I feel like I have a hard time making peace with feeling like I'm breaking my integrity, especially yes. with a good company and, yes. and people who are nice to you. Yes, you're a good person. You actually have gobs of integrity, which is why you called me. You called me to go, Ken, am I a bad person if I do this? I mean, that's what, you're th- that's what your heart's thinking. Mm-hmm. Am I right? That's right. You're not a bad person. So this is life. This is absolutely life, and you are going to grow through this because you're going to learn how to have hard conversations. This is a hard conversation. For sure. Because you don't want to disappoint someone. You don't want them to think you're a bad person. You don't want them to say anything bad about you when you walk out. Am I right? Uh, I feel like being, you know, disappointing them or, you know, yeah, feeling like they invested so much in me just to pull out so soon. Yeah, but my point is, is that you're saying all that, but what you really are afraid of is what they're going to think about you and say about you. Yeah. We have to get honest with ourselves. That's what you're afraid of. And I get it. It's normal, but it doesn't change the fact that you got to take a great opportunity. Let me, let me flip it this way. What if I had said this? Well, Savannah, I got good news and bad news. The good news is you have proven that you can get a travel nursing job. And you've proven uh, that that opportunity is there for you. But the bad news is I don't think you should take it right now. I think you got to say no. Because you just started a job two weeks ago. And for you to leave within two weeks makes you a person of poor integrity. It makes you look like a flake. I think it will hurt you the rest of your career. And I just think you're an overall bad person if you do this. So I'm sorry. You've got a dream opportunity right now that you've longed for, that you've trained for, prepared for, connected to people. And just when you least expect it, it came on over. But I'm sorry. This is life. You need to stay in a job that you don't want, that has no future for you, because you signed up for it. Now, what if I had said that? Would that make any sense to you? Probably not. Come on, Savannah. You go, this guy's nuts. 
You take the dream job and you have a tough conversation and then you move on and you never look back because it's going to change your life and it's your life, not their life, right? For sure. Thank you so much. There it is, folks. By the way, what we just walked through with her is what we're going to be doing at my breakthrough events. We walked her through clarity, getting clear on what she wants, why she wants it. That's given her the confidence now to get off this phone call and take the dream job. Uh, if you're stuck, tired of getting passed over, don't have any ideas of what your future is, but you want a better future, my breakthrough events are for you. April 20th, coming up, Kansas City, Missouri. May 16th, Chicago, Illinois. May 18th, Atlanta, Georgia. May 23rd, Dallas, Texas. My friends at Bethel Tech will be there. Ryan Collins, the CEO of Bethel Tech. We talked about tech jobs and the future. Going to be taking your questions live from the crowd and speaking, signing books, taking pictures of the whole nine yards. KenColeman.com slash events. Get your ticket. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.